You are listening to episode 83 of the Remind Yourself podcast. Welcome to the Remind Yourself podcast, the podcast for physician moms just like you who want to ditch mom guilt, stop yelling, and start enjoying their lives today. I'm your host, Michelle Chestovich, certified life coach, family physician, and mom of four. If you want to overcome overwhelm for once and for all, this is the place for you. Hello, Mama Docs. Welcome back. I'm so glad you're here. Today, I have a most amazing guest for you. This woman is fantastic, and she is my first non-physician guest. So this is big deal. This is someone who stands out of the crowd and I have learned so much from her and she is going to really benefit you. So I will let her introduce herself, but I have on with me today, Amanda Hill, who is a healthcare attorney and a huge physician advocate. And I'm so glad to have you here. Welcome, Amanda. Thank you so much. This is really exciting. I've been looking forward to it. I'm so glad to have you here. So you and I met last year at a conference, the ACE conference in San Antonio for physician women and dentists, I believe, and you were there doing a talk. So tell me, first of all, just introduce yourself. Tell us where you live, what you do. Sure. So I'm a Texas girl. I'm here in the South where it's scorching hot. I am a healthcare lawyer, and I've been doing this for about 21 years. I really like my job, but I have grown, you know, as most people through COVID, a little disenfranchised with just sitting in my office and working all the time. So I'm really excited about this next chapter of life because it's all about physicians. And I'm really interested in getting out there and working and empowering and facilitating healing in a strange way with the healers of our country, right? Because I've sensed over the last, you know, decade that my clients are growing wearier. You know, the world is becoming harder. And I finally, I just had enough. In January, I thought, I'm going to pivot. I can't just keep practicing law and editing documents. I've got to do something different. And so here I am talking about it, and it's super fun. I'm so excited because this is exactly my mission. I'm like, there are a lot of struggling women out there, and we need healing. And so this is the work I do, which is why I was so excited to have you on. So tell us about this pivot and how... It's such a great advocacy for physicians and healing. So I'm a transactional healthcare lawyer. So I write contracts. I do business deals. I answer fraud and abuse questions for doctors. And my, you know, I went out on my own about seven years ago, which was a huge change, right? From working for corporate, you know, corporate America and general counsel for big groups to, you know, being on my own. And when I started, I had nobody, like I had no clients. I had one doctor that signed on, you know, like believed in me when I first started. I mean, I had a lot of network, but still it was hard. And I jumped in with both feet. And the best thing about becoming my own boss was talking to doctors and developing these client relationships. But what was happening over the years was I started getting mired into the work and it was more of a document review and contract revision. And it became very transactional to the point I was really losing touch with my clients. And I felt like there was this sea between us, you know, the doctors were over there and then I would sort of come in and help them write a document, but they were needing so much more and they didn't know how to ask. And I was sensing the frustration and the fear and the feeling that we are, we cannot do this anymore. It was just so much weight on their shoulder. So I might've been writing a contract for them 
but I can sense this overwhelming dread, right? There's, you know, there's so many boogeyman out there in healthcare. There's the <laughs> yes. government, you know, it's true. And there's government regulators and they get sued and then there's a subpoena and then they have to do all this work and nobody understands and patients are mad and there's Yelp reviews. And it's like, it's just absolutely, they were shutting down. And I, I sat there at my desk. This was the holidays around Christmas time and doctors were exasperated, flustered, burned out. And I said, I've got to do more than just review their contracts. I'm built more. I'm built for more than this. And so I thought of this idea to say, how do I put my brain that I've done this for 21 years? I know how to solve so many problems and give peace to all these doctors. How can I put that out there to serve more people than just you hire me by the hour? I write your contract because that's just a waste of the talents that I've been given. And so I thought of this business where basically I start putting out these videos, talking to doctors about how do you protect yourself? How do you empower yourself? How do you negotiate better, right? How do you deal with an, a negative employee issue or a patient dispute or, you know, whatever the case may be. So I thought of a year's worth in, you know, like a split second, I outlined it over a weekend. I could think of a whole year worth of content. Wow. Well, wow, this really does need to be said if I can come up with a year of content over a weekend. So it's been really fun. It's been an interesting journey. And what's happening is that I feel like it's my mission now to go talk to doctors. And at this point, oh, I'm I like, love that. Know, that resonates. My well, listeners know that right? I'm all about like really tapping into that soul work and listening to the spirit, the call, right? Like in some ways, it's just easier to keep doing the grind, doing what you need to do versus like pivoting and doing this new thing. But there, it is so needed. And so I'm so grateful that it's a mission, right? Well, you know, they call us attorneys and counselors at law. And I think yes. the counselor part is really shining right now more than the attorney part. Because at the end of the day, I talked to a doctor the other day. I was like, you don't have to call me. You don't have to, I don't even want you as a client. You don't even live in Texas. Like I'm not even barred in whatever state you're in, but I really want to be able to help doctors when they are overwhelmed and they're in crisis mode. It doesn't take much to push you over the edge. You know, you're in the ER, you're dealing with angry people. There's COVID there's, you know, the stress of less staff everywhere is killing healthcare. And then, you know, the last thing they want to do is to have a medical board complaint or have to deal with an angry jerk partner or a sexual harassment issue, or like the hundreds of things that they have to deal with. And so if I can just provide them some peace of mind, right, where they they feel more empowered, like, wow, I know more. I know how to handle this now. I don't feel so lost. You know, that to me is a win. And it's it's if, if my whole life ends up with this as a pivotal moment, that is fine with me. Oh, my gosh. And I just love it because, again, it's all those things that you describe, all of those huge obstacles that come our way, they're scary. And to like have an advocate standing beside you who's so passionate, who has 20 years of experience, who right came up with a whole year of content in a weekend, like, you know, your stuff and you really care about us. And I just think that that's so, it's so, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, comforting. Well, good. I was going to say terrifying. <laughs> well, it is terrifying. It's terrifying to be dealing with a medical complaint or, you know, harassment issues. Those things can be terrifying, but to have someone beside you, like just a really great friend, but like you're knowledgeable and an advocate, like that just makes that journey all the much smoother because you've been through well, it before. You've walked this path with other physicians before. So many. And I will say that, you know, the content that I came up with over a weekend has really changed. And that's the thing I'm learning as I go is really listening to what doctors are asking me about, you know, and tweaking the content and really figuring out 
what are the pressure points that you want me to, you know, if I, if I was going to dedicate 15 minutes, because every one of my videos are 15 minutes because of CME purposes. So you get CME at the end of the year. Yay. Yay. So if I'm going to dedicate 15 minutes to a topic, what is it that would make you look at that and go, oh, that is exactly what I want to hear. And it might not be something sexy. It might just be how to negotiate a lease. You know, how do you look at a lease and know what is not fair that they're asking for you to pay or how long is too long? Or what are the things that are going to kick me in the tail? If I go out and start my own practice and I have to sign a lease, that seems like, you know, a small issue, but it's just something that doctors don't know about. It's so practical. And so like, I love it that you keep it succinct, right? Like you get the very main points. I always say, I usually keep these podcasts 10 to 15 minutes. I'm like, what is the one pearl, one takeaway? So it sounds like you take all this information, condense it down because yeah, we didn't learn that in medical school, how to sign a lease. Again, I may be married to an attorney and I like look at these things. It's like, oh, that's nothing. Like I have no idea. So the fact that you can bring it to the masses and help all these people to empower them to feel comfortable to step out on their own, because so many people say they don't want to keep, you know, working for these big organizations anymore. And yet they're terrified of going out on their own. So what would you say to this woman who's like contemplating leaving and starting something new? Well, the thing I really want to start with just clean slate is you have to know your worth. So many doctors come to me, right? And they say the same refrain over and over. You know, I I just have to take this. You know, I I need this job. I don't really have any leverage. And I will say, check into that a little bit. What's your specialty? Where do you live? And then they tell me, oh, I happen to be this pediatric surgery subspecialty and I live in this rural area. And you don't think you have any leverage? And you think you just have to take whatever is put in front of you? And so one of the things, in fact, I broke contracts down into four whole sessions. I was like, y'all, we need to talk about contracts and we need to really talk not just about the you know contract provisions and the non-compete and all the things that I talk about, but let's get back to the basics. Are you out there promoting yourself as an investor? Like, look how much you invested in yourself to become this subspecialist. And yet you're just going to sign something that's put in front of you, like you're valueless. So think about your worth. Think about, you know, picking your battles on what you fight for. That's a real nugget that I think a lot of new, especially lawyers in my field, aren't there yet, right? They want to edit everything. They want to redline everything. Everything becomes a priority. And that's not the case. Focus in on what is really crucial. And you know whether it's, look, I'm fighting for a salary that's fair with a bonus, you know, which is what I deserve. I don't want to be bound when I leave unnecessarily, whether it's to paying insurance, tail policies, non-competes, and I want to be able to get out. I can't tell you the number of things that I see now where there's no exit, there's no way out. And I'm like, guys, find the back door in any arrangement that you ever get in. There better be a back door because things change. Your mother gets sick, you have to move, you have to change jobs, you know, all kinds of situations, or you just don't like where you work. You know, there's a lot of stars and a lot of eyes when you interview for a job on both sides. You know, this is the best group. They're yes. the best one in town. They're so wonderful and kind. Yes. They took me to dinner three times. I mean, I've had horror stories of doctors, you know, being fired in their first month, for example, or or realizing that the people they're working for are committing fraud. I mean, all kinds of nightmares. And you got to get out. So I think yes. the overall. So can you just answer just this question? Say, yeah. I love that you help people with all these areas of like contracts and negotiation and knowing your worth. I always think about people who do feel stuck and like, maybe Mm -hmm. there's not like a quote unquote backdoor, but please answer me this. Like, is there always a way out? 
there is always a way out. Nothing is too impossible that you cannot fix it. Thank you. I know you talk a lot about this, Michelle, right? When it comes to mental health and you're just feeling like there's no solution. There's always a solution. I mean, I trust me, the people that are listening to this, right? I have had people come to me saying, there's no exit to my contract. I'm in the hole financially. Like all the signs point to, I am screwed. And I go, we're going to find you a way out, right? We're going to figure it out. Whether we have to breach the contract and just leave, it is still, you know, you're, and I always say, you're not, you're not an indentured servant to this group, right? You're not blood relatives with these people. You can certainly move on. And sometimes, and I've had to get people out of these jams and trust me, it can be a little messy and it's sometimes a little expensive, but I had a client send me a framed art the other day and it was this quote on there and I was so touched, but she said, I got out, you know, I'm free. I was trapped in this terrible situation and I'm done. You know, and I checked in with her. I saw her at a, I gave a speech in Houston and she went to the speech and it was so fun. I gave her a big hug. So yes, there's always a way out. It's, but you have to, you know, sometimes face it and be really risky and just move through it. You know, just like any hard thing, grief is hard. Cancer is hard. All these things are so hard. And I know, but just like anything else, any legal sticky situation, even if you did something that's called fraud by the government right? That's a really charged word. I hate that everything is called fraud. You committed fraud. Like you were somehow embezzling money, you know, to your Swiss bank account and like yeah. bill, bills are being exchanged in envelopes at parks. Like that's not how it works. You might've just not documented correctly, you know, and then now it's called a false claim and now it's a fraud allegation. And that's humiliating for a physician. Yes. Even then, you know, even then you can get out of it. I had a doctor once who said, um, so I was doing chart reviews online for this drug rehab facility because he's very passionate about you know addicts getting through recovery and he didn't know that it was a sham and that all of these these you know samples were being sent to some dusty warehouse piling up and that they were just built using his name you know to get more money from some government program and he was a pawn in the whole thing but he had no idea because it looked so legitimate so yeah, of course he's humiliated and he calls me and says, I have a family. I don't want this to be seen as I'm participating in some sort of fraud scheme. The FBI called me like, what? Yikes. Right? That's scary. Yikes. Yeah. So, so there's, and, and he made it through, like, you're going to make it through. Yes. Thank you so much. Because again, you know that I'm such an advocate and I, I think some people feel backed into the corner and they look around and they're like, I am stuck. There's no way out. I've got these golden handcuffs and I'm miserable. And that can be a really dangerous place. So again, I just, I'm going to reiterate, there's always a way. And what you need to do is get some help. And Amanda is help. If you need to reach out to a physician for mental health support, whatever, there is always help available and you're never stuck because if you get someone like Amanda on your side, you're golden. That's what I'd have to say. It's just well, very reassuring <clears throat> to hear that. And again, I think that that's really knowledgeable. So one question, I mean, it sounds to me like the things that you have on these videos would be beneficial for all physicians. Is there anyone in particular that you think, yeah, they need to watch this? Well, of course, any physician is you know, going to be benefited by watching them. But I would say physicians within probably two to 10 years of practice. I have learned that physicians have found their own coping mechanisms and avenues through these things. It may not be the right way, but sometimes they just figured out. And, you know, after 20 years, they're like, I, I don't need to watch your things. I've figured it all out. But newer physicians are more eager. They want to do the right thing. They're a little scared and overwhelmed. And about year five or six, they start to hit a wall, right? Where they're like, 
wait, this isn't what I expected. This isn't what I had hoped for. You know, this isn't an easy, cushy, I make a lot of money and I get to go to the country club job. This is hard, you know? Yeah, that arrival fallacy, like it's going to be better when all of a sudden they look around like, what, this is it? This is why I work so hard? Yeah. And then their, you know, their spouse is bickering with them because they never come home or they're on call and they can't be with their kids games. I mean, it's not always easy in any of these high, you know, stress positions, but especially physicians. And now with the staffing shortages, it's just worse. And, you know, people think charting just magically happens, right? Well, just get your charts done within 24 hours. It's like, guys, you know, this is a lot to try to fit it in when you're seeing 25 patients a day as it is. Right. So I, I want to provide that support. I also you know, going back to what you were saying about doctors that are feeling with the golden handcuffs, I, that really resonates with me personally. This is not to do with my platform, but just, I remember I was in a job, I'd just gotten divorced. So I was a single mom and I had little kids, you know, daycare, I had to drop them off early in the morning. In fact, I used to have this job where, where the meetings were at like 7am, 7.30 in the morning. And I lived, you know, an hour away from this, from this location. So I had to get a babysitter at six in the morning, right? To take my kids to daycare when they opened. It was miserable. And it wasn't the life that I wanted. I really wanted to be a hands-on mom. I was, you know, crying on the way to work, crying on the way home, you know, dragging home at night, really late. There was nanny putting them to bed. And I finally thought, you know, I can, I can be in these handcuffs and I can get this income because it was a lot, or I can just stop and I can just put my resignation in, you know, and I can say, I will figure this out. And that is, you know, the biggest hamstrung. Now looking back, it seems the silliest thing. So if this is an issue for anyone listening, trust me, I know because I was in this place. It was insurance. I was so afraid that I wouldn't have health insurance, right? Because of this job, like, oh, I won't have these benefits. Like somehow I would melt if I did not have this particular insurance plan. And I realized, so I get a crappy insurance plan, you know, and I'll take my vitamins. Like that is not going to be a barrier for me you know, to not see my children because of an insurance plan. And I remember thinking that was really at the time, that was a real fear. I'm just not going to have insurance. You know, Now I'm like, oh, please. No, that's really interesting because again, I had a pivot last year and like the whole, like looking for insurance. I'm like, oh, I didn't realize I had such an amazing benefit in my previous job. But at any rate, I digress. But there's always one thing that seems to be the hang up. But again, I just want to remind people like you always have a choice and this is our one precious life on earth. So like, what do you want? I love Mm -hmm. teaching women to like ask themselves that question because we're not taught it. We're socialized as women to just go along, work hard, make everybody Mm -hmm. happy. But sometimes when things are miserable, like listen to your body, stop for a moment and just say like, what do I want? Which is really scary. And I'm sure you walk people through that. Well, you know, I like to think of it as make your own movie. Like imagine there's this like a camera crew and you get to go in there and say to your boss, I'm out, peace you know, it's been real. I'm going to do my own thing. Like, woohoo. Like that is the moment, you know, that's the climax right there. And it's fun to be able to do that. Right. To say, I'm out. I think so many people think that they're in this movie and it's like a horror movie and like that they're just, they got to keep going because the movie's still playing. Right. Oh, people make your own movie. And some of this really successful doctors now are doing way amazing things, but they were in a job like that as well, where they felt stifled and they felt small and they felt harassed and it wasn't a good fit. And, you know, this is not advice that a lot of lawyers will give. A lot of lawyers will be like, well, you can go sue your harasser and you can certainly fight the system. I'm like, listen, y'all, I've been doing this for a really long time. 
And sometimes if you're, there's a huge behemoth system that has a culture that does not align with yours, get out. You know, you can spend years of your life fighting it. We had a brief pause there and now we're back. And tell me more about this program that you've created. How do we find out about that? And where do we start? Absolutely. So it's called Guard My Practice. And you can go to guardmypractice.com. And there is a free video, which you can watch on my style of negotiating, which is, again, just my own. I don't have the, you know, selling, you know, world changing recipe on how to negotiate, but I have been doing it a really long time and especially just for physicians. And so this is what has worked in my opinion, the best are these tactics. So I have a free video you can watch on negotiating, but yeah, get on my website, check it out. I mean, if you're interested in getting these 15 minute videos, I, I hope I can say with certainty that it will help you. It will help you in your job. It will help you feel more empowered. It will give you information that you need to run your business better, right? Even if you don't run your own practice, if you're in a group, you'll know what to look for. You'll know how to handle a really tough situation. So that's my goal. And like I was saying at the beginning of the podcast, yes, I want to get some income from this right? because I've invested my whole life savings into it. So there's that. But it's also something that I feel very passionate about and I want to use as a mission to the world, right? So I really want to help. And I have a private Facebook group for anyone that subscribes to my program. I encourage questions. I want you to ask questions. I want to have a village where we can share this information and feel like we're in this together. And if there's a particular subject that people want to hear more about, you know, let me know. I'm always open. There's a year two, you guys, there's a year two coming. So we got a lot of content to go. So my point is, it's really been fun to record these videos. Um, I set a whole studio up in my house, which is kind of bizarre. And the film crew comes to me, but it's really been exciting because it's like, wow, I can just really talk. I can really talk to doctors and, and however I want, you know, and it's like liberating. It's kind of like the day I quit my job, you know, it's, 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 these are liberating moments where you're like, I can do what I think is the most helpful. I don't have to answer to a boss telling me to do some boring project or do some, you know, sit in some clinical meetings or board meetings or something that I hate. This is what I love is teaching and training and educating and empowering. So that's oh where they gosh. can go and sign up. It's been really fun so far. I love it. No, I have a question. So is it something that I sign up and then it's like I go into Netflix and choose the videos I want? Or is it something that's like a weekly content or how does that work? It's a $75 a month subscription. And then you get a video every week in your inbox, or you can save a month and buy the whole year package, do the annual package. And then you get 48 of these videos. So it's so exciting. They drip out every week. So I sort of have an order to them. They start with contracts, they go into compliance, then they go into employee issues patient issues. And then finally, you know, sort of changing tides, I call it where practices change, mergers, sales, selling your practice, you know, thinking about retirement, that kind of thing. So it's a whole program and it's one video every week. That sounds absolutely phenomenal. Like I would probably have to like binge watch, make a lot of popcorn and just get after it. I don't know. You don't want to see my face for that many hours in a row. I promise you. (laughs) No, but that's so fantastic. And people can watch and learn at their own convenience. I have a question about a particular subject and then I'm going to ask two other questions. So this whole non-compete nonsense, I call it nonsense. Mm -hmm. It is nonsense. Uh, So uh, again, my husband is an attorney. I don't know if I've ever shared that before. And, you know, a year ago I had a friend who was really struggling or in the past, she shared a story how she had been really struggling. So there was some harassment and, but she had this non-compete and she really felt stuck and ended up doing something like 
I don't remember if she had to like work an hour away, something like that. So I said to my husband, I said, Hey, do lawyers have this? He's like, um, absolutely not because it would disrupt the attorney client privilege. We would never sign anything like that. I said, Oh, that's fascinating because I think that the physician patient relationship is also very important. So I get really like feisty about this. So tell me from your point of view, why do we have well, it and what can we do about I it? I love talking about non-competes. I could talk about non-competes all day long. First of all, I don't love them, even though I look at them all day as a lawyer. I don't like anything that restricts someone's trade, right? I mean, I don't like anything that restricts your ability to practice medicine. But I mean, I do understand the business need for them. If you are establishing a patient base and then someone leaves and they move next door and they suck all of your patients over, right? I mean, so there isn't, there is a place for them, but I think they need to be extremely narrowly tailored, extremely. And of course, every state has their own rules. That's another complicating factor, right? Someone trains in Indiana, they want to get a job in Texas. They're like, oh, these things aren't even enforceable. I'm like, they are, you know? And so people don't know from state to state, do you, does this state allow them? Some states don't. You know, California has their own rules. Oklahoma has their own rule. Everybody has their own rules on non-competes. So you have to know state by state, what is the rules? But overarchingly, the theme is they have to be very narrowly tailored in time and distance. So it's one thing if you're like, okay, I get it. Five miles around your practice location, you can't work in that area for a year. That makes reasonable sense. But when you say, oh, you can't work 25 miles from every single practice location that we have, and that happens to be 50 different places, good luck, find a different job. That's not reasonable. It's abhorrent that these big groups try to push these town doctors' throats, right? Because it means they basically have to uproot their whole family just to work somewhere. You know, for two years, they have to go, yeah, driving to some podunk place to get a job. So I push back on this a lot. I will say, we got to get power in numbers. You know, the more people, the more doctors that say, uh-uh, no, that's not fair or reasonable, and we're going to push back on that, then the more big employers will realize that if they're going to get doctors, they have to loosen their requirements. You know, yeah, you can go at it through the legislature. You can say this is a restrictive trade. You can try, but that's already been battled and they've already been ruled to be okay as long as they're very narrowly tailored. So it's really up to the doctors to try to always fight for it to be as narrow as possible. And, you know, but then again, I have some doctors who think a mile is too unreasonable. I'm like, eh, that's really pretty fair. <laughs> yeah, you could probably bike there and that would probably be okay. I mean, I wish they just didn't yeah. exist at all, but I guess maybe I, I see know. the business case. I still get a little frustrated, but that's just sort of my tendency. So what I'm hearing you say is that narrow is best. And this is something that should be really looked at when you're first signing your contract. Yeah. Absolutely. And I always tell the docs, if you're going to have a non-compete, these, you know, these are my hot button tips. Like you make sure that that mileage wraps around the place that you work 75% of your time, you know, make it wrap around one place. Don't, don't let them wrap it around every clinic location, every hospital system, everybody they have contracts with, you know, they try to throw in all this language that, you know, makes it huge, narrow it down to one, one location, either a hospital or a clinic or wherever you work and make sure that mileage is reasonable because you put a dot on the map and you've got to draw a circle around it and then you can prepare. And so if you leave that job, you're like, okay, I get it. I can't work within five miles of that one place. I could certainly find another job. So it doesn't really restrict you from working, but if it's, you know, 50 miles, that's too much and you need to narrow that down. And so narrowing is really huge. Also make sure that, you know, you don't focus too much on the buyout. So some States like Texas have a buyout, right? You pay a certain chunk of money and you can, the whole thing just goes away, but it's a, it's like a fiction. Who's going to cut a check for $500,000, right? Oh my Nobody. goodness. 
somebody cuts a check for the a million bucks or something. I mean, it's happened. I've seen it, you know, occasionally. But my point is like, don't try to lower that down by fifty thousand dollars. You're gonna write a check for four hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Yeah, no. Write that check make either. it no. make it reasonable. So either it needs to be completely reasonable, or you need to not worry about fighting that, and you need to go back to narrowing it again. Don't fight things that are that aren't going to really help you. I talk about that all the time. It's like, you know, pick your battles. Throwing it down and making it one year instead of two, way more helpful for you than trying yeah. to make a million dollars down to 500,000. Love it. Love it. And as a primary care doc who believes in prevention, what I'm hearing is like, yep, yeah, do this ahead of time. What about somebody who maybe didn't know this information years back, signed something, maybe didn't have an attorney look it over, an attorney looked it over and just said, okay, great, sign it. And there is maybe not such a narrow, non-complete. And now something has happened in their practice that they need <clears throat> or want to get the heck out of there. How do you deal with that? Because I'm sure there are workarounds. Oh yeah. Well, this happens a lot. You know, and everyone says to me, the, the line I hear the most is I wish I'd have known you a month ago, you know, because they always call me and they go, I didn't know that I was supposed to do this. I didn't hear their talk or whatever. So yeah, they're already in a bad situation. And in those cases, I'm like, we're going to roll up our sleeves and we're going to find your leverage. We have to find leverage. And I always think about it like the employer. Several clients recently have said, well, I'm just going to talk to them and I'm just going to explain that I just need out of this. Like, duh. I mean, they can just certainly see my point of view. They do not. They do not see your point of view. They will not let you out. You have to, you have to find what they need, right? Think like the employer and you can do things like, all right, so if I'm going to put in my 90 days, you would have no surgeon and you would lose millions of dollars, right? I will agree to work for six more months or four more months or some period of time if you'll let me out of that non-compete. Or let's say that you have a 10 mile non, this happened recently, a 10 mile non-compete, which is sort of reasonable. But my, my client was about to leave. He wanted to leave and start his own shop. And he found a leased space 9.5 miles away, which is of course in the, in the radius. Right. So he was like, so I'm going to push to get the non-compete, you know, removed. I go, don't push for it to be removed. Cause that's asking for too much. Just ask the thing, put the mileage down to 7.5. Like that's all you really need to do. And he was like, oh, I didn't think about that. So like, think about it like the employer, right? Say, I'll work for you for three or four more months if you'll lower the mileage down to 7.5 because they don't know you're about to get a job that's nine miles away. You know, think about what you can do for them that in exchange, you can ask for a release or a reduction or something that's going to help you. But you have to think about it of what is in it for them. It's always an exchange of this for that. So I'll give you something. One doctor said, I'll work everybody's call. I'll do a call for everybody. And I was like, dang, wow, that's generous of you. But that's what she said. I love call. I don't mind working call. I'll work call. Everybody hates it. I'll do it for the next six months. And I want out of my non-compete. So that's the, what we use to negotiate. Wow. So wow. you never know what it is. I love that. And again, it's just a different way of thinking. You know, we physicians have pretty smart brains, but we just don't necessarily think of it in this way. And what you don't know, we don't know what we don't know. So again, I'm just going to tell all my mm-hmm. listeners, like you just have to sign up and watch all these videos because we don't know what we don't know. And we're going right. to learn a lot. And you don't know when you might need this information because some people might be thinking, well, you know, I don't plan on leaving or starting my own practice. Mm-hmm. I'm already settled in. Maybe I don't need it. And I'm, as I listen to you speak, I'm thinking, yeah, we all need this. Well, there's one particular training that I put together and it's called Contract Provisions Explained. And it's all those random, bizarre sections of contracts that you don't know what they mean. They're boilerplate. You think they're irrelevant. And I tell you how they've gotten my clients in trouble in the past and why maybe you should know what they at least mean. 
stuff like that. I just try to demystify it. Like I have a couple of talks on, you know, Stark and anti-kickback. All doctors are like, ugh, fraud and abuse statutes, boring, legal. I, I have my lawyer look at that. But do you even really have any concept of how it works? Because I've had doctors say, I don't take money under the table. I'm, I'm not I'm not getting kickbacks. That's ridiculous. But none of those even apply to me. I'm like, well, I mean, but yet you Let have someone- Let me give you the actual facts. Yeah, right. Let me, do you have someone sitting in your space that's sharing your services? And of course you're going to send people to her because you know she works right there and you have a written lease and that, and then all of a sudden they're like oh my gosh I had no idea that that was affected you know so I try to demystify hard things I love it so what haven't we spoken about that you think would be important for people to hear I know a lot of things but like any last nuggets that you think would be really beneficial well this is on a personal note I will say a lot of people say I don't have time you know I don't have time for Learning all this, I, I don't, I, it's someone else's problem. I, you know, I, believe me, we're all busy. I have children, right? I run a law firm. I started a startup business. Like you think I had time to start a whole new company <laughs> on top of running a law firm? We're all busy. But I do think it's important to prioritize certain things, right? You prioritize your kids. You prioritize your spouse or your partner or whatever. You, you have to put things in buckets. And I want you to prioritize your worth. And I want you to prioritize knowledge that will help you. Because if you don't, you will get screwed or you will get caught up in a scheme or you're going to get sucked into something that you don't realize. So take it doesn't even if it's not my platform, prioritize learning about stuff like this that's going to help you as a doctor, because the business of medicine is always affecting you, whether or not you work for a huge hospital system or whether you start your own practice. It's just take a moment to learn right some of the basic concepts, because just knowing the red flags, I try to tell people all the time, I can't teach you how to be a health lawyer and no matter how many videos I create, right? I try to give you as much as I can, but you know, I think differently than you do as a doctor. But if I can just teach you to go, uh-oh, that's a red flag. You know, it's like I'm developing your inner conscience of what to look for in the world that can get you in trouble. That's really valuable. So prioritize that. Learn how to think, uh-oh, that's a red flag. I heard her talking something about that. And maybe I should pay more attention. Or maybe this contract that gives me money that I don't really have to do anything for, hmm, maybe I should get that reviewed. Just that little twist of like, this is something I probably need to get reviewed can save you so much time and money. I can't even tell you. Like one hour of a health lawyer to go, oh, this is really a bad deal. Let me tell you the three reasons why you can't sign it. And they go, thank God I asked because I was about to sign it. Yeah. So I just want you to learn from my mistakes, you know, just try to prioritize the things that really help you. Because, you know, people say things like, what do you do for self care? And how do you relax? And it's like, it's not a pedicure and a hot bath. It's like doing creative things that can help my family or other people. And so I've literally created this labor of love. And I'm sure there's lots of, well, maybe there aren't other platforms like this. But whatever it is that you find that gives you that knowledge to make you feel like you can sleep easier. And feel more confident that like, okay, I've got those red flags in my head now and I can go practice medicine. I don't have to be afraid because this is a world that's hurting in so many ways, as you know, Michelle, and we have to be able to find ways, not just to give ourselves, you know, foot rubs and temporary fixes like wine. We need to go deeper and feel like we're okay. We're safe in our jobs and our lives and our practices, you know? Yes. My recap of that is knowledge is power. And we don't know what we don't know. 
You know, I know women, we know a lot, but there's a lot of things that like Amanda said, you know, we can learn those red flags. And the third thing is to know your worth, which really also segues into what I always talk about is like valuing yourself. And when you really feel that you do have options, because now you understand a little bit more business and contracts and negotiations, you feel like more, I think, in control of your life. You don't feel so stuck. You realize, hey, I have options. I might not know exactly what to do, but I know that I have someone in my court. I've watched these videos. I have a better understanding. If I need more in-depth help, I realize that I can like find an attorney to help me with this. But I just think that it just, it really does. It goes back to the beginning of our conversation that you really empower women, which I think is, well, and probably just all physicians. I'm sure you work with men as well, but um, I'm speaking to mostly the women and my dad. Hi, dad. Um, So thank you for all of that. Well, you're welcome. I will also say you've got to take life a little less seriously, right? The topics that I deal with are extremely stressful and extremely hard. You know, when doctors are being sued and they're going through a medical board complaint or they're dealing with a really difficult patient, but I kind of want to give it a moment to say, you know, this is not the end of your life. This is not the end of the world. And you have to sort of find dark humor. I mean, you know, ER nurses are the the darkest, you know, funniest yeah. people I've ever known because they, they deal with death and dying and you have to find the humor in it. Yes. So, you know, what I do in my daily life as coping is humor as a huge, you know, unifier between people, but also a coping skill for me. And I encourage all the doctors to, you got to find something that brings joy and the, the humor into your life, make fun of yourself, you yes. know, make fun of all the things that are hard because it gives you control over those things. It gives you control and, really and it releases, you know, some of the stress hormone. I just did a book club the other night about burnout, which I'll be talking about in future weeks on the podcast. But one of the ways that we can release the stress cycle and lower the cortisol is laughter. So like you've hit the nail right on the head. Like everyone's like, well, I don't have time for exercise. I know that's so good, right? We beat ourselves up. It's like, no, just laugh. And I, I, I asked people, you know, what do you do to bring laughter into your life? You know, are you seeking it out? To me, it's just as important as exercise or healthy eating. Yeah. And you have to laugh at yourself constantly because our kids, you know, no matter what we do, they think we're idiots, you know, no yes. matter how hard we work or half our clients, you know, like think, oh, what does she know? And then they do the, the wrong thing and they come back to you two years later and they go, just like your patients, you know, like, oh, whoops, you were right. And you have to sort of laugh about it. Otherwise, you're going to be bitter and jaded. And that is no way to live, in my opinion. So one hundred laugh your mistakes, you know, own them. I mean, and I, I made a quiche the other day. I put this on, on uh, my socials, but I made this intricate quiche with all these wonderful fall vegetables. It's been like an hour. I saw that. It looks amazing. I might have to copy it. Well, thank you. And my, and my kids were like, Oh, huh. Quiche. Do you have any, do you have anything? Is, what about those muffins? Do you have any more of those? You know, it's like, you cannot make everybody happy. You just have to still laugh it off and be like, no, I don't, but we have this quiche and you can have that. And so the same applies in our lives, you know, in our professions. It's like, we just have to find a levity in all of this because we yes. are all dealing with really hard things every Cause, day. Cause we're humans. Really it's yeah. crazy. And we can like, yeah, enjoy the the rocky road, if you will, of this of this journey of life. I think you you've gotta you've gotta find time to laugh. You've gotta find time to allow the frustration, all of it. Well, it sounds to me like you are doing such good work. And I'm gonna have you tell us again where we can find you. And I will put a link in the show notes for my listeners. And I highly advise checking out Amanda. And I think you also said we get CME from this. Tell us about that again. You do. You get 14 hours of CME through the AAFP. So you can claim that there's a certificate, there's a evaluation form, all the things. 
And that's been really a fun journey to see that, you know, you're going to get credit for this. Um, I'm even trying to get a discount with the biggest carrier I can find, insurance carrier, to get an insurance discount. So I'm, I'm going to bat to try to make it affordable. But go to guardmypractice.com, check out the free video, you know, sign up. It really, I can't imagine that this wouldn't help every single doctor. So I hope that you, you know, sign up today. Check it out. I am so excited. I'm so grateful to have my first. Actually, you are a doctor because my husband always likes to say, I am a jurist doctor. So you are a doctor who is on this. Okay, fair. That's fair. I really appreciate it. I feel so honored that you invited me. Thank you. I am so grateful to have you, Amanda. You have such wisdom and such passion. And I know that your work is definitely going to help heal the healer. So ladies, go check it out. And until next time, Amanda, this was a wonderful conversation. Thank you. Thank you. So fun. Are you ready to take control of your life and put these tools into action? I'm here to help. I offer free consultations for physician moms to see if my one-on-one coaching package is right for you. You can sign up for a free consult at www.mamadoclifecoach.com.